This podcast is intended for entertainment and thought-provoking purposes only. The thoughts and views expressed are those of the hosts of Room 2008 and are meant to generate discussion about various topics and do not represent the views of any guest, platform, or network. Proceed with skepticism. Please enter Room 2008. The podcast that was mentioned on InfoWars, Room 2008. We are live on a cold Thursday night. Peter's dressed up for Christmas. He's very festive tonight. Lance has his festive background. I have mine. We are going to be going into the Betty and Barney Hill alien abduction story, the original alien abduction story in the USA. It's where it all started. I am Drew Nell, a.k.a. Ibuprofen. Lance, introduce yourself, please. What up, IB? How you doing, man? Pretty good. What's your name for tonight? I'm chilling, And that's what you're doing. You know, I'm chilling, you know? Just fucking chilling. <laughs> yes, sir. So, Peter. Uh, good night. Mr. Santa Hat. How you doing? What's up? Ooh. Tonight, I... <laughs> I have cramped puss. Mmm, juicy. Oh, he set me up. Oh, no. I did. Set you up just to set take you up. down. <laughs> hey, your name. You picked it. Uh, you know. Tis the season. Tis the season. Well, I've been uh, I've been studying Krampus. Yeah, and, I was going to uh, say. Speaking of tis the season, um, let's go ahead and take a risk here. I'm going to go ahead and jinx it again. Um, y'all need to join us to uh, Wednesday, December twentieth. Uh, we should be going on at nine p. Or I'm sorry, excuse me, nine a.m. Totally different. Totally different from what we usually do. We're going central. On, yeah, nine a.m. Central Wednesday the twentieth. We're going to have a guest on. His name is Jeff Belanger. Uh, we're going to be going over all the old Christmas traditions that have been lost in years past. Uh, actually, Christmas is you know, supposedly a, a very paranormal season, and none of us knew that. So yeah. we figured it would be interesting to bring this guy on and talk about it. He literally wrote a book on it. So um, tons of monsters and a lot of stuff that has just fallen through the cracks throughout the, throughout the centuries that uh, you know, we don't celebrate anymore. It goes into where all the symbolism came from, the Christmas tree, the Yule log. Mistletoe, all kinds of stuff. It's pretty insane stuff. I've I've been reading the book. I did I did get it, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's pretty darn good. It's it's a it's a good, fast, entertaining read. Right. Yep. So uh, the book, if y'all want to go ahead and check it out, it's called "The Fright Before Christmas" by Jeff Belanger. Um, you can get it on Amazon. You can listen to it on audiobook on Spotify or Audible. It's available all over the place. If y'all want to go ahead and get a little familiar with it before y'all join us, um, we will be live on Twitch as we always are. And then we'll upload it um, shortly thereafter on the podcast platforms. It's also on Spotify, which is cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a new feature I didn't know anything about. Audiobooks on Spotify. But if you're going to get the book, go ahead and order it now. Mine's still not in. So I'm like waiting for it to come in to read it before Christmas, before the 20th. The book is new, right? 
Yeah, he, he yeah. just brought it out like within the last couple months. And he's been but, currently uh, on a book tour. Yep, yep. He's on a book tour around libraries around the Northeast. That's where he's uh, based, I guess. So wow. hitting up libraries, um, you know, doing book tours and stuff like that. So he's going to make a pit stop down here and, and hop on the podcast with us. That's awesome. That's going to be a, a great mm-hmm. discussion. I, I have so many questions. Yep. Got a little bit going into the chats real quick before we go. Uh, uh, welcome, Carson. Thanks for joining we got M. Linegar wanted to bring it up. Uh, she's on uh, all the time, which is awesome. She said, tell your audience to check their notifications. Mine were turned off for the past weeks. I had no idea, but I'm back. Um, so uh, apparently um, uh, Twitch was doing something with notifications. So if anybody's listening in, check it out. Check your notifications. Make sure you're on. Like us, yep. subscribe. I don't know if you can subscribe to us. I don't even know how that works. but Follow us, whatever it's called. Uh, yeah. yeah. So we go live every episode, twitch.tv slash room 2008 ENT. Uh, we're also live on our website, room2008.com. Um, we're also live on Twitter, uh, room2008ENT2. Uh, you can't interact on Twitter, but you can watch it at least. Uh, but Twitch is the place to interact with us, comment, ask questions, uh, whatever you know, whatever we're doing. So, um, but yeah, the, all that will be in the episode description. So please look and uh, follow us in all those places. And I guess we can go ahead and get beamed up into the ship, huh? Yeah, let's get probed. Let's do this. Let's do it. You've been waiting to you've been waiting to get probed, haven't you? <laughs> Good Thursday night. Might as well. Nothing just else going on. Just a Sleep normal Thursday night for Peter. Yeah. <laughs> so let's um we can start with just their first encounter. Uh, this is when they initially saw the UFO. So apparently, um, just to kind of give a short, quick background, Betty and Barney Hill, they're a couple from, I guess, New Hampshire. They were on a honeymoon trip and they were driving back home. Uh, it was around 10 o'clock at night when they see something in the sky. And it's it was get, a spontaneous trip, right? Like it was like a honeymoon. That's the first time hearing that. That's all. It was like a, it was like a delayed honeymoon. Mm. Cause they said they had no money. A lot of people were saying, you know, why the hell did you go on a trip? That's really random. Uh, I had no idea it was a honeymoon. That's awesome. So that explains why they were just kind of going on a whim. Right. Yeah. It was like a delayed one. They didn't have enough money to go when they got married. So, um, so yeah, they they had their dog with them, a little wiener dog. I don't know why that's so critical to the story, but it's mentioned in everything I've listened to. So <laughs> they, just yeah. to, they just wanted to say wiener. <laughs> I just well in the in the uh, in the in the video that we'll listen to later, he talks about how that dog was worthless, wasn't barking or anything. It was just curled up in a ball underneath the chair. Yeah, but all, aren't all dogs? I'm just kidding. They're all worthless. <laughs> Cats are really what you want. Uh, that Peter? poor dog was traumatized. Right. Aliens didn't even know the dog was even in the car. No, they the didn't touch. Were... I, I didn't. I, I didn't get into that part. Did the was well, the let's dog go straight escaped? Into it. <laughs> we'll get no, something happened to the dog. <laughs> dog was sacrificed. So there's there's a whole lot of information to go through on this. So I'm going to kind of read the short version. I have the official Walter Reb, Walter Webb report of everything that happened, but it's it's very. Uh, very thorough. I'll just say that. So I'm just going to kind of give the nutshell version of the actual first encounter where they saw the UFO. Okay. So uh, this happened at about 10 or 10:30 p.m. on September 19th, 1961. So keep in mind this is 40 years before 9/11. Wow. That's your frame of. Uh, yes, of that's what I'm trying. To <laughs> try. All right. I know everybody knows exactly where they were that day. So. Trying, trying, like to get the, the, trying to get the time frames lined up here. It's like the new year zero. Just a quick way to get us banned. Thanks. Appreciate <laughs> it. 
The Hills were driving back to Portsmouth from a vacation in Niagara Falls and Montreal. I'm just getting this right, right off of Wikipedia because it's the nutshell version. Uh, so just south of Lancaster, New Hampshire, Betty claimed to have, have, have observed a bright point of light in the sky that moved from below the moon and the planet Jupiter, which was upward to the west of the moon. Uh, they were on U.S. Route 3, and Betty reasoned that she was only seeing a falling star, except it was falling up. If that, mm. if you can picture that, I've never seen that. Have y'all seen a lot of falling stars? Yeah. I have. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and I guess I can understand how one could be going up. It, I guess it just depends on your location, you know, uh, your perspective as well, because yeah. it could be coming like towards you, but above you. So it, it could look like well, it's aiming hey, up. Hey, cramped to put a spoiler. It was not a star. Oh, oh. So. <laughs> But yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, All right. yeah. So yeah, it was it was falling upward, um, and then eventually it started moving more erratically, and it grew bigger and brighter. Uh, Betty urged Barney, uh, her husband, to stop the car for a closer look, as well as to walk their dog. I guess that's why the dog is so important to the story. Wiener dog. He right. Yeah. He what? Well, I was gonna say in the hypnosis, he actually says, uh, and I had this written down as a as a timestamp, but he was like. Uh, I, I told her, I just, I, you know, at first it was a star, then it was, a, um, it was a satellite as he looked, you know, uh, they determined that it was probably a plane and he was, um, so Betty was just checking it out and checking it out. And then said, I was just so annoyed by her talking about it. that I just said, shit, I'm just going to pull over on the side of the road and check it out myself. And he found like a rest area, but he was getting annoyed at, at her, uh, even mentioning this thing. So he was like, well, mm. shit, I'll, you know. It's at night in the middle of the nowhere. I'm just going to pull over and check it out myself. It's kind of funny. Who's getting annoyed? Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, he stopped at like a rest area or whatever, uh, just south of Twin Mountain. So Betty grabbed her binoculars, handy-dandy binoculars that everybody keeps in their car, and observed, <laughs> observed an odd-shaped craft flashing multicolored lights traveling uh, across the face of the moon. This mm. is really interesting right here. Because her sister had several years earlier said she'd seen a flying saucer, Betty thought it might be uh, what she was observing. Mm-hmm. Now that's Interesting. weird. Now that so what, are weird. The, what are the odds? On that? Exactly. What are the odds? Hmm. Uh, through the binoculars, Barney, the husband, observed what he reasoned to be, like Lance just said, was a commercial airliner uh, traveling <laughs> towards Vermont on its way to Montreal. <laughs> I, dropped my, I dropped my vape. Oh, okay. However, Barney soon changed his mind because without looking um, without looking as if it had turned, the craft rapidly descended in his direction. This caused Barney to realize, quote, this object that was a plane was not a plane. Thanks, Captain oh, Obvious. Snap. Oh, snap. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the Hill said they continued driving on the quiet and uh, isolated road, moving very slowly through the Franconia Notch in order to observe the object as it came closer. At one point, the object passed above a restaurant and a signal tower on top of Cannon Mountain and came out near uh, the old man of the mountain. I guess those are mountain peaks in that area. Mm-hmm. Betty testified that it was at least one and a half times the length of the granite cliff profile, which was 40 feet long, and that it seemed to be rotating. Uh, the couple watched as the silent, illuminated craft moved erratically and bounced back and forth through the night sky. Uh, about one mile south of Indian Head, they said the object rapidly descended towards their vehicle, causing Barney to stop in the middle of the highway. The silent craft hovered about 80 to 100 feet above the hill's car, 
and it filled the entirety of the windshield. Uh, it reminded Barney of a huge pancake. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is a literally a flying saucer. Uh, carrying a pistol in his pocket, Barney stepped away from the vehicle and moved closer to the object. And using the binoculars, Barney claimed to have seen eight to eleven humanoid figures who were peering out of the craft's windows, uh, seemingly to look at him. And then all of a sudden, in unison, all but one of them moved to what appeared to be a panel on the rear wall of the hallway that encircled the front portion of the craft. The one remaining figure continued to look at Barney and communicated a message telling him to stay where you're at and keep looking. And that was telepathically. That was telepathically, yes. Yeah, he was saying like he felt like his eyes were inside of him. Mm -hmm. And we actually have a clip of of this scenario, uh, of his audio, if y'all want to hear it. Yeah, let me, yeah let, me, let me finish this real quick. Uh, Barney had a recollection of uh, observing the humanoid forms wearing glossy black uniforms and black caps. Red lights on what appeared to be bat-winged fins began to telescope out of the sides of the craft, and a long structure descended from the bottom of the craft. The silent craft then approached to what Barney estimated was within 50 to 80 feet, um, and overhead about 300 feet. So, um, hmm. mm-hmm. So that they're, they're getting stopped right in the middle of the highway on this. A lot of happens. This is a the, a very brief version of it. So if you go back and and actually listen to it uh, and read more about it, there's a lot of step by steps. Uh, yeah, all this, but. yeah. I was reading the nutshell version off of Wikipedia, but like I said, I have the the uh, Walter Webb report. It goes very very in depth on this first encounter. Um, you know, I mean, I can I can read a little more, but that's that probably gives a pretty good idea of yeah. It, is Webb who Betty contacted? Uh, yeah, he was with that uh, NICAP. The, um, oh, that's the NICAP guy, which yeah. is National Institute uh, of Investigation Committee on oh, wow. uh, Unidentified uh, Aerial Phenomena. Aerial Phenomena, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah, that's um, he got a hold of it, and this Walter Webb interviewed them for six hours. Sound like a crackhead. Got a hold of the wrong stuff. Y'all seen the video? That was in the comments. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll, that'll come back in the wild speculation segment. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, look at that report because, like I said, I mean, it goes into very, very in depth of that very first encounter. Um, hmm. So, what do you, what do you think so far? Well, uh, for anybody that's the first time listener of this whole story, I, I really want to play the audio. Because I feel like that gives a sense of, uh, I mean, you know, we're fucking around a little bit, joking around about it, talking about it. But in a sense, it's a very serious scenario for the couple that's being involved. So uh, keep in mind, this dude, so they had, while you're pulling it up, you know, they made a TV movie. I don't know if we're going to get into it too much, but they made a TV movie and, and he was played by um, James Earl Jones. You know, it's just like burly black yeah. dudes, like not afraid of anything you would imagine, you know, and, and just hearing his voice in these videos. If you want to play the same, it, yeah, the same Darth line. Vader. Darth Vader. Well, he wasn't the Darth Vader. I mean, the voice. Or was he? Yeah, he was the voice. But <laughs> uh, which which link is it? Um, it's the first one, or second one, or third. <laughs> first, and and play a clip at like nine minutes. This is a forty minute audio for anybody who wants to pull it up on YouTube. Um, I play like nine minutes. Like, just play the first, the, the minute of it, nine to ten. Oh yeah, um, the chat. Uh, yeah, it did mess with their radio. It did. Um, 
It it did. It, they they felt weird sensations and what yeah, else there, happened? Yeah, there was like a, a series of like vibrations and buzzing and beeping uh, well, that was hitting that was hitting the trunk of their car. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like pings kind of deal. Is this when their their watches stopped? We're gonna get to that. Okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Calm down. Sorry. Yeah. One step at a time, cramped puss. <laughs> All right, I'm about, I'm about to share the audio, so don't talk, or else it's going to be. All right. Maintain control so Betty cannot tell I am scared. God, I'm scared. It's all right. You can go right on. Experience it. It will not hurt you now. I got to get my gun. Oh. I got my gun. All right. Oh. All right. That's all. Right. I gotta get my gun. Go to sleep, Steve. Oh. You forget now. Oh, you forget it now. You've forgotten. Oh. Calm now. Relax. Deeply relaxed. Deeply relaxed. You will not have to make any outcry. But you can remember it now. Keep remembering. You feel you have to get your gun. This is going to harm you, you felt. Wow. Is that during the hypnosis? Yes, yeah. that was during the hypnosis. That was for the first time before they got like before they were abducted. This was when he saw the beings uh, outside of his car. Okay. You know, and I was telling you that like, uh, you know, she was annoying about it. He was like, "Well, shit, I'll just pull over and, and check it out myself." Mm. Yeah. I was gonna say, man, I've heard those sounds coming out of Peter's house before, and it's 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 a scary, uh, scary thing. <laughs> oh my god! I, got I was watching a horror here. film. <laughs> And I do want to mention, because we haven't mentioned it yet in the chats, uh, there was a question about an uh, interracial couple. So that is something that we definitely need to bring up on the front end. Uh, we just completely missed, because back in 1961, this was a big deal. It's an interracial couple. A lot of people, uh, and, and, you know, we'll just go ahead and throw it out there, but a lot of people say, you know, that they were, uh, you know, attacked, raped, you know, like targeted because of their interracial um, marriage during this. by some, Like if you've ever seen the movie, there's some uh, sort of like, um, uh, what what's it called? You know, um, not greasers. Yeah, greasers. You know, that chase them and stuff to, to imply that it's some sort of like, it's other than aliens. Mm. So there's a lot of uh, back story on the interracial part. So thanks for bringing that up in the chats. We didn't even mention it, but that's a big factor. Yeah, I mean, if it's a Hollywood movie, yeah. I mean, that has to be what happened, you know? Yeah. Hollywood would never lie. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. What? So yeah, that, that's a that's a big uh, factor in all this. But so yeah, that video is definitely shows the horror, like just straight up. You know, I mean, it could be faked. I guess that was during the uh, hypnotism. Mm -hmm. Is that a word? Hypnotism. Hypnosis. Hypnosis. Yeah, which I'm, I'm sure we'll get into detail later. They they eventually had to go to a hypnotist in order to unlock. Uh, memories from the missing time that night. But we'll right. Get into that. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. right. And correct me if I'm wrong, that was like two years after. Right? Something like that, yeah. 
we'll get into it because I do have a little bit on that, but I just want to go ahead and throw that out there now. That wasn't like immediately after. This was after they came public for the first time with their church, yeah. word of mouth, and they said, you got to talk to this guy. That's where these videos came up because they okay. were kind of blocking it out of their memory over that time and just saying, like, you know, like, we're not talking about it. And, um, and you know, and and uh, and I don't know if we're going to even talk about this, but uh, Betty and Barney both had different views of opinion on how they were even going to handle this. And uh, were you wanting to talk about that ibuprofen or? or? Well, you can get into it later. Okay, cool. All right, let's keep going. So I'm going to pick up uh, the second part of the uh, encounter. So this is a, I'm going to read a little bit from here, so bear with me. Uh, We're going to pick up uh, near North Woodstock as the Hills remembered it before the hypno analysis. That's kind of what they call the phase they were in as the aliens were Mm. communicating with them, if that makes sense. So as a frightened Barney Hill drove off down the highway, Betty cranked down her window, looked out, and saw no sign of the UFO. Barney thought the craft was right over them, but Betty couldn't see anything. The car had traveled only a very short distance when the couple heard a series of beeping or buzzing sounds, as if in some sort of code, on the rear trunk. That's what I was saying a minute ago. Each beep caused the car to vibrate. Hypnosis amplified this description. Uh, When Betty lowered the window, she looked back and up, but could not see any stars overhead, just blackness which she believed was the UFO obscuring the stars uh, and was following the car. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. So the mysterious mind voice, according to Barney under hypnosis, instructed him to turn off the highway. This he did. He then was told to turn off on another road, which twisted through a heavily wooded section. Again, Barney complied. Betty was puzzled by all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, after they had driven for some distance through un- an un- uninhabited forest, they suddenly saw a cluster of men ahead in the road and a bright orange glow in the woods to the right. Miss Hill cried when she mentioned the figures during hypnosis. Barney thought it was an auto accident. All at once, the motor of their car stalled. Barney tried to start it, but to no avail. The figures, Betty estimated there were 10 to 12 of them, and Barney noticed about six, came towards the car in two groups. Three men approached Barney's door, and as they came, an image of the strange hypnotic eyes and the mind voice came too, telling Barney to close his eyes and keep him shut. No harm would come to him. The men opened his door. Barney kept his eyes tightly closed. He felt himself lifted up and supported on his feet by two of the men. Apparently, someone discovered the gun in his pocket and laid it on the seat. Five figures came up to Betty's side of the car, and she began to open the door herself, and one of them opened it for her. She looked up at the man and promptly just fell asleep, quote-unquote. When she opened her eyes, she found herself waking up, a, or I'm sorry, walking up a wide path towards the object in the woods. There were three men in front of her and two behind. Looking back, she saw her husband being led up the path, a man on either side supporting him. Barney looked sound asleep to Betty. According to Barney, he was afraid to open his eyes. The Hills both agreed that the figures were about five feet tall, somewhat shorter than the average height of human beings, or about as tall as Betty was. Barney was taller than they were. Their faces were Caucasian, but with gray skin, and their bodies were, according to Betty, thick-chested and slender-hipped. They were clothed in dark uniforms, uh, each figure wearing a short, dark coat like a navy pea jacket. Hmm. Um, Yeah, because he keeps saying in the videos how they were wearing black jackets. Mm-hmm. You know, and even you mentioned the scarf, but he was like talking about the there was a leader and there was a group and all these black, you know, uh, like I just envisioned like trench jackets, you know, all the way to the ground or something. But maybe they were blue, 
but that's a big thing that keeps coming up is like the the black jackets you know but yeah again, so this this is telling the story of how they made it from the car to the ship which was which is what we're about to get into the the uh the actual abduction and the tests and the examinations that they went under so um as, as they were walking up the path miss hill turned back to barney and said barney wake up one of the beings asked Betty, is Barney his name? He spoke in English, but with sort of a foreign accent. Miss Hill was assured by the being that her husband was all right. No harm would come to him. He explained they just wanted to do some tests, and she and Barney would be returned safely to their car. Peter, how many times? Never mind. Uh, the, path led, <laughs> the path led up to a small clearing in the woods where the UFO was resting. The object was dark now, and Miss Hill could see no lights or windows on it. She stepped up on a ramp leading to a doorway. And here she became frightened again and halted, but the spokesman reassured her once more and she entered the ship. So apparently these beings speak, uh, speak English, you know, luckily for them, you know, well, I'm sure they learned all of, all of our languages. So why would they be, uh, telepathically communicating with Barney, but openly speaking to Betty? Well, that's very interesting. And I, and I want to say that there's, uh, I almost think that that's like intertwined in a way that they say that they were saying things when in fact they might've been, uh, oh, it might've been telepathic and she just thought talking to them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because there, that's a really good question though, because it is kind of both in itself. Like one is saying this and then one is like, they have this feeling of go here, you're safe and all this. And they say this and it's English. Maybe it is a sort of like in their mind, they're thinking that they're hearing this language when in reality, they're not actually hearing it. Yeah. Maybe the lighting was, you know, a variable. Maybe she was just seeing a silhouette talking to her, you know, and couldn't see the mouth moving and just assumed. It does say saying, but that's just my interpretation. I mean, there's no valid reason for any of that to be true. I just, mm. well, I just cause you had a great question on that. That's, yeah. That's what we're here to figure out. So let's go to uh, some of Betty's accounts of her examination. Uh, I'm just going to kind of, I'm not going to read all this. I mean, this goes really in depth. Maybe they are uh, sexist. That was in the chat. Thank <laughs> you for. I mean, they so, did open the door for her and they were just like, get the fuck out, uh, Barney. Barney. And she was like, Barney, he's like, oh, that's his name? You know, like, oh, yeah, they may not like guys. Who knows? Their test on him, though. Anyway, I won't spoil it. Mm, juicy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. All right, so the, the doctor, alien, uh, sat Betty on a stool. He brought over an instrument like a big microscope and held it close to her left arm. He seemed to be inspecting the skin under close magnification. He then took a long instrument like a letter opener and scraped skin cells from the arm. Uh, the doctor also looked at her eyes with the light, opened her mouth and looked at her throat and teeth, swabbed her left ear, uh, removing and scraping uh, stuff out. He pulled out and cut off some strands of her hair. Uh, those were preserved. Her hands were looked at. Fingers were scraped under the fingernails and clippings removed. Um, next, he unzipped her dress. Miss Hill removed the dress, uh, leaving her clothed in a slip. She then lay down on a table on her back while the machine was pulled over. You know, the she didn't divide it all. This could have been a fantasy of hers, and she's just, like, going with it. That's what it sounds like. The difference in video or the audio, it's – it's a, he's, like, crying and screaming and wanting to fight. She's just like, hey, whatever happens, happens, you know? Yeah, right. she's, happens she's in a, the woods. 
Yeah, Peter's she's just, she's just sitting there like this is some really cool shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he she actually does have said a discussion it. with them. Like has this whole like layout and really starts asking questions, and then they're like, "Yeah," and Barney over there is giving us hell, and he's right. screaming. He's over there like, "Oh, Poor guy. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, it's sad, it's scary." Poor guy, yeah. All right, so Betty was <laughs> laid down, laid down on a table. And uh, she was, there was a device over that was equipped with wires running to a cluster of needles. The doctor explained that he wanted to check her nervous system and assured her that there would be no pain. He proceeded to then touch the needles at various points all over her body using one or more of the needles at a given spot. She was rolled over on her stomach where her back and spine were checked with the needles. And although the needles caused occasional muscle reactions, this part of the examination was actually painless, supposedly. It's like acupuncture. Uh mm. Here's uh, kind of the kind of the weirder part. The examiner then picked up a long needle and explained to Miss Hill that it was a pregnancy test and it wouldn't hurt. She asked him what kind of pregnancy test could he perform with the needle. He didn't reply and suddenly inserted the needle into her navel. She felt a sharp pain, which completely surprised both men. Uh, the leader quickly bent over Miss Hill, passed his hand over her eyes, and at once the pain disappeared. Hmm. Yep. She talks about that uh, inspector. Well, not the inspector. What did you name the... Uh... Not the he leader, was, but the he doctor. was called the examiner. The examiner, yeah. and she's like the leader was like really good English and uh, was you know talking to her about you know do this do that. When she met the examiner, he was really not well spoken and broken English kind of scenario, and uh, but she felt really comfortable with him. You know, it was kind of mm. like the guy like I'm gonna take care of you kind of scenario. Really bizarre. Weird. Weird. Yep. So uh, Barney's examination. Um, once he was in the ship, Mr. Hill, Barney Hill opened his eyes for a quick peek at his surroundings and saw that he was standing before a table in a clean wedge shaped operating room, which was illuminated with a pale blue light. He could see a cabinet of some kind in the room and several men were standing there. Uh, after he was placed on a table, his shoes were taken off and his pants pulled down slightly. Peter. <laughs> Peter, Peter's going to, Peter's going to love like this York part. Class. Oh no. Peter's going to love this part. He felt a cup-like device placed around his genitals and believed a sperm <laughs> specimen was somehow withdrawn. His left arm was scraped for skin cells and his ears and throat were checked. He rolled over on his stomach. A cylindrical object was then inserted up his rectum. And once again, the witness believed something was extracted. Man, this were, really uh, is a Tuesday night at Peter's. <laughs> they were preserving that unvaxxed. Oh my uh, God! They knew it was gonna be gold one day. <laughs> they took him in it's there. Investment is what it is. Investing in the future. So Peter, they, what, what they kind separated. of cup device? <laughs> what kind of cup device do you use? <laughs> they separated him like in a couple spa, and he got that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's very They're serious. All not funny. And, and drinking in her, you know, lab, and he's just—he has like two guys just working on him. <laughs> having a good time oh, so they um you know after, after all after it's all said and done the hills felt they were in the ship between 30 and 40 minutes hmm. normal so, doctor's visit yeah yeah and uh there's a couple clips of uh, uh betty as well but uh we'll bring them up before you change subjects on this i want to do those clips because it talks about her in the ship when they go to leave and stuff so uh which clip like was that. it uh, I think it was link two or three or four or one. Could have been five, too. I don't... 
It's the one where I mapped out. <laughs> so, uh, link two, you want to do um, beginning to 38 seconds shows kind of. Uh, link two is text. Oh, yeah. Don't do the text. That was just for your only uh, educational purposes. All right. Moving on. New link three. And this is what? What are we about to do? Only one on here sending valuable information. <laughs> starting at 30, are we starting at 38 seconds? No, start at zero to 38. All right. I'm about to share. All right. She sounds upset. So that was when she uh, entered, right? She, I know there's not a lot of dialogue. Actually, the, the video, uh, and I don't know if we were like able to post this on Twitter with the links, but anybody listening that wants to check it out, if, if we're able to do that, um, it has text by text on the video. So as the video is going, you can like read what she's actually saying, which is really cool. Oh, nice. And this is when she's getting on the ship and they're taking her. She's crying. And then the 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 doctor who's doing this, Doctor uh, Benjamin uh, Simon, he he says, "Are you fearful because you're crying right now?" And she's like, "No, I'm not scared right now." I, she said, "I'm not scared at that time during this event. I'm scared right now talking about it, you know, because again, this is like coming back up in their memory, right?" So, but she was very fearful. But then I got another clip that we'll talk about in just a second where you could tell her fear came from like treating them like family, you know? And it's, and it's funny the the difference in her whole, whole thing. I mean, they, they stuck needles in her, they probed her, they, they tore her clothing, they stripped her down, uh, checking her out, doing whatever. And then she's like, you know, before we get off the ship, you know, uh, almost, it's just so bizarre how comfortable she is with the beings, uh, when she goes to leave and we'll mm. do another clip in a second here. Yeah, and also it says when she got on the ship, the alien said, "Show me that hole." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Were they talking to her or were they talking to Barney? Because you know Barney got the shit into this. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So the so the immediate aftermath after all this happened, they arrived home at about dawn. So they. Uh, all, all this started happening at like 10 or 10.30, and they arrived home at about dawn. Uh, the Hills stated they had some odd sensations and impulses they could not readily explain. Uh, Betty insisted their luggage be kept near the back door rather than in the main part of the house. I don't know why that matters. Um, their watches stopped working. That's what you were talking about, Peter. Yeah. Wait, what did you say? You don't know why that matters. What did you say? Bet <clears throat> Betty insisted their luggage be kept near the back door rather than in the main part of the house. So she... Hmm. She the what I saw is that she didn't want to bring it into the house because uh, the radiation. Okay, that makes and, more sense than how she I'm had heard about that. that. Yeah, 
Barney said the leather strap for his binoculars uh, was torn, though he could not recall tearing it. Uh, the toes of his best dress shoes were scraped. Barney says he was compelled to examine his genitals in the bathroom, though he found nothing <laughs> unusual. That too happens to me. No, I'm just kidding. That's funny in the movie too. It's like he had a sudden urge to check his genitals. <laughs> and check his groin. It's like, oh, they're still there. Were they raped, or was this really an alien and you know invasion? Uh, I think he, I think what happened to him was technically grape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or what comes later yeah. too is also. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not funny. No, no, it's not. We're, no. we're laughing a whole lot for it not to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just always remember the fact that she had a smile on her face when she was leaving that ship, and just, uh, you know he didn't. I just, I just think of like Cartman getting probed, and then like you know like. To to actually hear a probing story is, it's it, you know it it's refreshing. Support. It's funny. <laughs> it's refreshingly funny. <laughs> there were shiny concentric circles on their car's trunk that had not been there the previous day. Uh, Betty and Barney experimented with the compass, noting that uh, when they moved close to the spots, the needle would whirl rapidly. But when they moved it a few inches away from the shiny spots, it would drop down. Yeah, and elaborate on that. When she got home, she called her sister, and her sister who has seen UFOs, uh-huh. said, hey, I have a a, 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 a scientist or uh, you know somebody in the field or whatever, next door neighbor, you know? And back then, you know, you had to dial like the, the rotary. rotary phones and landlines and all that kind of stuff. And they got him on the line and he was like, well, you know, take a compass out there. And if there's radiation wherever around the car, then the needle would spin. And of course she tried it and it didn't. And then she got to the trunk and it started spinning. And just to put this out there, Barney did not want to hear anything about this. He was like, you're full of it. Not like, like you're lying. He's just like, we're not doing this. We're not going to yeah. start examining this shit. Yeah. He's trying to down push it path. down. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like every time in like a horror movie, like the, you know, the husband's always like, Oh, it's just the wind. We're not, you know, like just trying to talk himself that like, well, also, too, like, all right, so in 61, he's it's an interracial couple. They've both been married, right, divorced, and and, and they have their own lives together. He was uh, apparently, he was trying to be an engineer, and somebody told him, you know, because of his race, it's not the field that he can actually go in. So he became this, um, he became, he worked for the U.S. Postal Service. And, you know, he's trying to just live a life, you know, in, in this interracial couple, and, uh, and, and the last thing you want is for people to think you're crazy on top of everything else is going on. Right. You know? And, and so she's like this quiet person that is down for whatever. And he's this very masculine guy. That's just like, I'm not going to believe in aliens. I'm not going to go down this thing. I'm not going to be known as that guy. I've worked too hard to just be normal in the society, you know, with the situation. And, and so I can kind of see, why he would be wanting to shoot it down. He just don't want to believe it. Certain people just don't want to hear it. Yep. They were uh, another note about this couple. They were, they were very involved in the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. They were yeah, in the was. NCAA dude. NAACP. I'm sorry. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have that written down? No, no. I just had it loaded in the brain. Uh, Peter gets so, his, he gets his football and his civil rights activists mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> but no they were very active and... wait what I'm you sorry, say? Go ahead. no 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 you go ahead 
Well, I was I was going to go back to a comment that was made, and I hate that we had to pass it up. Oh, woman. we do we do have some chats. Somebody commented so the woman's tiny brain couldn't handle the uh, telep- telepathy, um, that's, which is that's possible. <laughs> it's very possible. Uh, it's because <laughs> I don't know the uh, I don't know who's you know probably a lot of women watching. No, maybe but, um, maybe her pineal gland was was calcified. There you go. And uh, maybe maybe he drank a lot of natural spring water. They were like, we we can get through to him, but she's just not gonna get this thing. Let's talk to her directly. Also, I saw another comment. Do you think maybe they were interested in different races of people, different genders? I too thought this uh, while I was researching this. Like, uh, you know, maybe they're studying an interracial couple. Uh, you know, maybe maybe they're maybe they're curious uh, with what's going on there. But uh, then I was like, but no, he's he seems to be a uh, a a, uh, a mixed individual uh, racially as, as well, right? He was kind of light, he was a light skinned fellow. I have no, I have no idea. Uh, I saw some, I saw some pictures. So I mean, this wasn't. I, he I, didn't look very light skinned from the picture that we brought up on the YouTube. Oh really? James Earl Jones is not light skinned. He, um, but yeah, the 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 picture we had on the YouTube link. You know where you can hear the audio has a picture of them side by side, yeah. And um, she just seems like she, you know she's not a looker, and he <laughs> and uh, a very and handsome woman. And he's like a burly, you know. I don't think he's light skinned, um, so his to his own. Hmm. Maybe the aliens were like, "Ooh, an interracial couple. Let's inspect this." Of course, he got the he got he got the the closer inspection it sounds like subsequent event subsequent events that happened um after the first encounter the second encounter uh after they got home and, and barney washed his genitals um <laughs> betty picked up several books on ufo this is this is how the web report what i'm reading basically came to be betty hill picked up several books on ufos including one of uh major this should have been peter's name for the night major kehoe oh. <laughs> Picked up That's one of his right. books, which listed an address. She wrote to uh, Major Kehoe, which he was the uh, NICAP, NICAP, I guess, director, on September 26th, describing the first UFO encounter. Uh, Walter Webb, about three weeks later, on October 19th, received that letter from a NICAP secretary suggesting an interview with the Hills, and he conducted the interview with the Hills on October 21st. There it is. Okay. Now, so was Walter that Webb. The... Go ahead. Walter Webb conducted the interview on October 21st, um, and he sat down with him. I think it said for about six hours or so. So was this is the, the report. Hip- this is the report, the direct report of the interview that I'm reading. Okay, when did the hypnosis come in? Um, I think maybe in November. Okay, it was, it was like 1963. So they gave him uh, yeah, a uh, pre-hypnosis account of the story, and then more information came out after they did the hypnosis. There. Yeah, let me. Um, so they came out in 1963 was their first publicly discussed event at their local church. So they this happened in 61, and they had talked about it with very you know just like family, right? And Barney's again like saying, "Hey, woman, like stop." Right. And, and she's just like, you know, she just keeps going. And uh, long story I'm, short, huh? I'm going to cut that out of context. Hey, woman, <laughs> stop. Can be the yeah, marketing for next week. So, um, long story short, um, so it was 61. They came out publicly at their church back in 63. 
And then that's where the, the, the people started talking about what they need to do. And then they came into this hypnosis, Dr. Uh, Benjamin Simon. And that's the videos that we're hearing. And then after that, it's when it really became public and like boosted in a way, like known. So they kept it a secret for a little bit. And then everything came after that. Mm. Okay. Okay. I don't so even people, know. I forgot your question. Does that even answer it? People were. None people of that were, made any know. sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then there's some cool stuff too. Like, for instance, they decided, you know, to put this aside, let's really see if we saw the same thing, you know? And they said, we're going to go separate ways. We're going to draw what we saw that night. And, uh, you know, they ended up coming back with the same picture of this cigar shaped craft with, you know, that, that they saw. So there's a lot of, we're really jumping around. We're really kind of pushing through to make it one episode, but there, there's so much information that goes beyond just the typical, uh, well, they started talking about it and got, got word and became this hip thing. This was the first recorded instance of alien abduction period. Mm. Right. And so this really was a big deal. No, this was not like talk. There were talks of, you know, um, people seeing UFOs, but, but this is where all the UFO characters came from. This is where the, the head came from. This is where the, the slim body, the, everything you see, like from the old 1950s kind of, or I would say 1950s, what was this? 1961, but it was like all the classic alien stuff, you know, mm-hmm. came from this. Um, recollection of of events that they are describing right now. This is this all came from it. So this is like the biggest deal when it comes to alien stuff. Yeah, hmm. and, uh, yeah, you're right. And this also came from it. The whole, <laughs> Poorly, uh, you know, unfortunately, right. Barney had to be at the uh, expense of that. So yeah, um, subsequent events. A uh, bunch of NICAP members. Um, were contacted. Walter Webb did the interview. Uh, two other NICAP members learned about the sighting. Um, uh, Doctor, I'm sorry, Robert E. Homan and C. D. Jackson. Uh, they interviewed the Hills on November 25th. Um, uh, let's go through this because all this is just some other stuff. So I'm gonna go into Barney's uh, some stuff that he, he developed. Uh, Barney, who had not had a drinking problem for 10 years returned to drinking a few months after the sighting. Then in early 1962, February or March, Peter's going to like this, he then began to develop an itchy sensation in the genital region. Oh, no. Wart-like growths grew oh. in a ring around the area, requiring three minor operations to remove them. Ooh. The growths were, in all probability, psychosomatic in origin. Um... One might ask, could they have been due to repressed feelings about the cup-like device Barney believed had been placed there? That's just bizarre, though, if you think about it. Yep. Your mind has to believe a story so much that you're going to create warts in a perfect circle around your your genitals. Um, it's like... <laughs> so, I guess the shit happened. If you're that... If you're believing it really happened that much, people are like, oh, he's just... It's all in his mind. Just mind so much that it created warts around his penis. It's like I know like, they cut my balls. I know they cut. <laughs> they just fall off one day. So that uh, that summer, um, bullshit! I tell you. 
that summer, Mr. Hill uh, Barney was bothered. He was bothered by his own drinking. He visited another psychiatrist, uh, Dr. Duncan Stevens of the Exeter Clinic in Exeter, New Hampshire. Dr. Stevens agreed with the psychiatrist that simultaneous hallucinations were unlikely, but hypnosis should not be used at that time. And then eventually, uh, for a period of seven months in 1964, the Hills drove to Boston once a week and were subjective to uh, extensive cross-examination under hypnosis. So, yeah, this it was is where uh, the real beans were spilled. There you go. Yeah, that's where all uh, the video footage came from. So yeah, as they relived the experience under hypnosis, there were some anxious moments, particularly for Barney. As he approached the point in his account uh, where his mental block occurred, he screamed and sobbed hysterically, clutching his face and shaking uncontrollably. Under Dr. Simon's expert guidance, the critical point was passed, and Barney Hill recalled what frightened him that night in September, two and a half years prior. Uh, for a long time after these sessions in 1964, Barney found it painful and upsetting to even listen to the tapes. They have the copies, and Miss Hill, often uh, Betty, often broke out in hives while listening to them. What? And uh, Walter Webb did uh, hear the tapes. So... This report, like I said, this reports the full report. So, so quick interjection there, and uh, I'll maybe I'll cover this a little bit more in the final section. But I will only believe hypnosis if it's done to me. Right, right. That's uh, so hard to watch. So maybe we can arrange that at some point. Um, live on air. Maybe I can be hypnotized live on air. Anyway, and then we uh, won't believe it. We won't think you're in on it. Right, you like know, there's no way to one. there's no way to believe that it's real. It's the whole Ouija board thing. Like, did you move it? No, I didn't move it. You moved it. You know. Right, like, right, right. Uh, yeah. But we'll get we'll get into that more. No hypnotized minds for now. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I'm there's a, there's a couple of details coming up uh, that I find uh, pretty interesting. Um, a big twist coming up and this this, this is what we were talking about uh previously cuz I when I was researching this uh case I was like some this connects to some story in the past that that we that we did an episode on and I think I remember what it was it was and I don't uh, I don't want to spoil what we're about to talk about but then don't what what episode Spoil did it. we talk about Zeta reticuli right that's coming right up yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's where I, I first encountered the story is when I was researching Zeta Reticuli. Anyway. Gotcha. Proceed. Gotcha. All right. So next segment we got here, we're gonna go through some of Betty's dreams real quick. Well, we're right on the subject of uh what you just mentioned. So that's that worked out pretty good. I'm not right. gonna go through them all. So um her dreams. Um uh where'd it go? So, so she yeah, go ahead. Ten days after the encounter, Betty uh, began having a series of vivid dreams, which continued for five successive nights. She stated she experienced them with a degree of detail and, and intensity that she'd never had before. After the fifth night, they stopped and never recurred, uh, though they did occupy her thoughts during the day. Uh, when she mentioned him to Barry, he was sympathetic. Uh, Barney, not Barry. When she mentioned him to Barney, he was sympathetic, <laughs> but not too concerned. <laughs> And the matter was dropped, just like you know, Lance was saying earlier. Barney was like, "Just stop." Talking I'm not the about one it. thinking about Big Barry. Uh, <laughs> so here's one of her dreams. Uh, this is the first dream I had. I'm struggling to wake up. I'm at the bottom of a deep well, and I must get out. Everything is black. I'm fighting to become conscious. Slowly and gradually, I start to become conscious. I struggle to open my eyes for a moment, and then they close again. I keep fighting. I'm dazed and have a faraway feeling. 
Then I win the battle and my eyes are open. I'm amazed. I'm walking through a path in the woods. Tall trees are on both sides. But next to me on both sides is a man, two men in front, two men in the back. Then Barney with a man on each side of him, other men in the back of him. I become frightened again, and I turn to Barney and say his name, but he's sleepwalking, quote unquote. He does not hear me and does not appear to be conscious of what is happening. The man on my left speaks to me and asks if his name is Barney. I refuse to answer. Then he attempts to reassure me that there's nothing to fear. Barney's all right. No harm will come to us. All they want to do is take some tests. And when these are completed in a very brief time, they'll take us back to the car and we'll go safely on our way home. So should've, apparently her dream is... Do what? Should have done the video at that time because that's actually what the video was. The one, the clip that we played where she was crying. She's like, I wasn't oh. frightened at the time, but now it's like making me cry about it. That oh, was at that time. Yeah. I see. So yeah, that's, that's one of her dreams, but you know, apparently she had other dreams, five successive nights in vivid detail like that, basically of her account of what happened. So in her dreams, she talked about, um, actually walking onto the ship too. Mm-hmm. Like in her dreams, she talked about more vivid detail because remember all the hypnosis and everything. Um, she, well, you know what, in the hypnosis, she talked about in the ship as well. But it was it was very vague. Like they didn't remember any of the ship stuff because when they were traveling, they when they kind of came to, they were driving in their car, and so and we kind of missed that too. Even talking about it, but there was a there was a point to where they were driving, and then when the pings came in, they kind of steadily just kind of drifted off, right? Mm-hmm. And then when they woke back up, they were driving and they were. Um, 35 miles south of where they were yeah that's uh we got that next we got that next on the calendar well it's coming right up right now so (laughs) so i'm sorry (laughs) i just felt like i needed to say that because we're talking about all this back and forth and and uh anyway so yeah two hours went by and there was some lost time so damn yeah yeah i mean go ahead and go ahead and get into it because uh might as well i mean that's pretty much all there is but uh, that's that's one of the main things of this case is the missing time. Uh, one of the main questions um, was the length of the trip. Uh, although the Hills had noted they had arrived home later than anticipated, the 178-mile drive should have taken only about four hours. Uh, they did not realize that they had arrived home seven hours after their departure. Oh, when man. Homan and Jackson noted this discrepancy to the Hills, the couple had no explanation. A phenomenon ufologists called missing time. The Hills claimed to recall almost nothing of the 35 miles of uh, U.S. Route 3 between Lincoln and Indian Head and Ashland. Both both claimed to recall an image of a fiery orb sitting on the ground. Betty and Barney reasoned that it must have just been the moon, but Homan and Jackson informed them the moon had set earlier in the evening. And that was at like a roadblock or something? They think it was some sort of roadblock. That's what they're they're thinking it was. All Hmm. the lights and everything on on the ship. They were trying to make, you know, make sense of it. Right. Mm. So they're saying, man, man, maybe it was just a moon. Maybe it was a car accident. Maybe it was something, you know. Hmm. Well. So, uh, yeah. What do we think? Well, I'm going to go into Dr. Simon's conclusions. Okay. You want to talk about the uh, the book? Oh, yeah. Her, her on the ship. Before we get off the ship and go to conclusions, let's really quick play uh, her her uh so when she was on the she was on the ship and she's going over in the hypnosis meetings her time on the ship when she's leaving 
she was approached with a map and a book and the video clip that I have, or the, the audio clip that I have at 36 minutes, 30 seconds, if you can, Drew, pull it up. This is her talking about the book. And then I want to quickly talk about the map, which brings up what you were talking about. Old cramp pussy or puss. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Yes, and then we'll, we'll hold the conclusions because I I, I got to get this. This is kind of uh, a big part of it. Yeah, this is this is the big uh, eyebrow raiser for me. Uh, this part of the story. Yeah. So this is about the book. Why she's on the ship this is what her claim is. Whenever you can get it up. Yeah. Oh. Jolita comes over and takes my book. And I said, oh, I'm furious. I said, you promised me I could have the book. You gave me a word you, I could have it. And he said, I know it. He said, but the others object. They don't want you to have it. And I said, but this is my proof. If you take the book away from me, I'll have no proof that this has happened. And he said, that's the whole point. They don't want you to know it's happened. They want you to forget all about it. And that's why I'm taking the book. I, I won't forget about it. You you can take the book, but you never, never, never can make me forget about it. Because I'll remember it was the last thing I ever do. But I want the book. He won't give it to me. And he says, he laughs. He, he says, maybe you will remember. I don't know. I hope you do. But maybe you will. But it won't do you any good if you do. Because body won't. Body won't remember one single thing. And not only that, if he should remember anything at all, he's going to remember it differently from you. And all you got to do is get each other so confused you won't know what's going on. If you do remember, it'd be better if you forgot it anyway. And I said, why? But you try to threaten me because you can't scare me because I won't forget it. I'll remember it somehow. So then he said, all right, now, come on, let's go back to the car. We'll go back to the, we'll take you back to the car. And... Um, I've been standing there by the side of the ramp talking to him, and I'm not so mad now. And they've taken Barney ahead while we were talking. So he, the other men are going ahead, and he said. 
he said, you know, he said, I, I had no objections to you having the book, but the others object. And they have as much right to make this decision as I do. So I said, all right, I won't be mad at you. Yep. But it is the most, I wish I could be able to have some proof of this because it's the most unbelievable thing that's ever happened. Hmm. Good spot to end it. Hmm. So the book, just, and then just like Mel's hole. Man, I wish I could take a picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> the hole. The, the hole. So, um, and then I don't know if you want to speak about the book at all. That was just clear. Yeah, I, to- I totally forgot about it because I have like, um, actually, I have conclusions last. I was going to go over like the pictures that or the sketches they drew the book the star map that supposedly Betty came up with I totally right. forgot about, I totally forgot about the book uh, conclusions were going to be last I was I was looking at my paper instead of what I did on uh what I what I emailed It's all good all. brother it's all good no, So sorry. you want to go ahead and go to conclusions because I was going to talk about the uh, the map and if you're going to No we can do well, no let's get, we'll do conclusions last Dr. Simon's conclusions Webb's conclusions the Air Force's conclusions and our conclusions Yeah okay. I just want to make sure we talk about the map so Yeah let's get into, let's lead, get into brother. the map All right and the book, uh, because yeah, the book, I totally forgot about that. They, she got in so good with them. The guy, the examiner or whoever was like, yeah, go ahead and take the book. You're good to go. And then this huge disagreement happened and then she couldn't take the book. So, so when did she draw this star map? Was that, this that was, was, I think this some... was, I think this was under hypnosis. Yeah. Okay. So, what had happened is she, they pulled out a map and they said, do you, do you, uh, she said, where are y'all from? And again, if, if any context, this is all on a YouTube has a dialogue to the right. You can actually see the, the, the verbiage. So you can go directly where you want to on the link that we'll try to provide. But she says that, um, there you go. She goes, where are you from? And she, they show her a map that she's not familiar with, obviously. And they say, we're from here. And they point at the spot and she gets embarrassed because she's like, you know, I asked this dumb question because I don't even know where the, the earth is on this map. And she says mm. that she's, she's like, so there's, there's other people on this planet that might know, you know, there's millions of people. She says millions, but you know, there's millions of people on this planet that are different than me that, that might know more about this map, more about the situation than me. She's kind of like an apologetic by not knowing, kind of feeling stupid for humanity in a way. Um, was what I'm getting from it. But they show her this map and she says, I don't even know. And they kind of, you know, pull the map away and she checks it out, looks at it, and and that's that. Then later, uh, you know, um, during hypnosis, um, they ask her to kind of draw this map out in a way, and she can kind of draw it out and at the time nobody they had it you know go out to just like what was on the dress the stuff on the dress they had five different labs look at the stuff that was on her dress over time and nobody could pinpoint any kind of natural stuff that was on her dress 
Yeah, it was like a pink dust or something. Right. right. And that was, you know, that's a whole different scenario. But long story short, this map, um, she drew this out. And it wasn't until eight years later that they were able to take this map. And it was a, I wouldn't say a replica, but it was very closely drawn out as Zeta Reculi. Zeta Reculi. Reticuli. Reticuli, whatever. And, um, but I, I just saw that pretty fascinating because it wasn't like immediately they were like, oh, that's that that we know about. They didn't know about it at the time. That galaxy or whatever it is that we hear about, you know, all the aliens oh, coming from. Oh, did they not know about it at the time? They did not know about it. Eight years oh. later, they, they yeah, this this sketch were is able before. to match it. That sketch is before. Yeah, oh, they were and, snap. Yeah, and she was saying that they were saying they were trading with other beings. So this is basically like a highway. I don't know if you mentioned that or not, Lance. But, oh wow! Uh, yeah, it's like the bold lines were trade routes, and then mm-hmm. uh, there was like dotted lines for like for travel or something. I mean, it's like a like a U.S. map, but star systems. Right. That's right. Eight, Project Serpo. That uh, eight th- years before they were able to kind of match it to this galaxy that's prone and known to for everybody to talk about for alien stuff let me see if i can rotate this picture at all because i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna bring up a uh that is pretty cool though like yeah zeta reticuli was supposed to be where uh the beings in the project serpo were coming from what did i call it just a minute ago zeta what zeta reticuli no what did i say i don't remember zeta Zeta reticula (laughs) there you go so here's her sketch and there's zeta reticuli Oh my God. Yeah. Eight years after. Damn it. I, w- I was uh, leaning very skeptical on the story. But now that I've learned that she drew that before they actually mapped out Zeta Reticuli. I mean, even got this, even got this V right here. Yeah. And there was a, um, what do they call those people? A statistician or something like that that came out and said it was at least a thousand. To one odds that somebody would just randomly, draw, yeah, just randomly draw that so perfectly. But uh, I thousand think Car- one odds, and the fact that she is one of the few that I mean, it's like the the what are the odds of that one person hitting thousand yeah, one odds? You know, that's that's interesting. That that's a very uh, important wrinkle to the story. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, we can go over some other sketches real quick. So here's basically Barney's sketch of the ship and the beings. Hmm. With the wings. Mm-hmm. The Light. telescoping wings that came out. This Did is the leader. The leader he right here. Himself? Yeah, these are sketches. Hmm. It's like when Bob Lazar went under hypnosis to draw the craft he used to work on kind of hypnosis yeah damn guess you missed that episode (laughs) (laughs) i like again the hypnosis stuff i'm i'm so torn i'm so torn but um so they had like a wind they had like a window on the side of the pancake Mm -hmm. yeah he could see like the leader and you know to to think about how they were beaming frequencies at them, uh, 
to interrupt the electronics, uh, incapacitate them. Yeah. That's, that seems very plausible. Um, but there's a few things that are still bothering me about the story, but the Zeta reticuli angle, that's, that is particularly, uh, fascinating because I mean, I, 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 I read through the story and I, I didn't realize that they had not mapped Zeta reticuli yet. Yeah. Um, it was definitely after that kind of changes. That kind of sways my percentage coming up here. It and sways the, it. And to put a little, uh, drop in your gravy, if you will. Um, <laughs> So, there was a blip on a radar in the same area around the time. Because, you know, they, they talked about time, but then they were like, well, we lost two hours and all this other stuff. They were supposed to get back at like 3 a.m. at the very latest and get back at like 5. Is that right? Drew, you said that earlier. I might have missed it. Yeah, the trip was only supposed to take like four hours, but they should have got home probably about 2, between 2 and 3 in the morning. They ended up getting home towards dawn. So... There was a radar observation around 2.15 a.m. in the area and time that they were reporting at, a blip on the radar that came up mysteriously, randomly. That was reported as a, it's just a random. What if it was MH370 in the time warp? Oh, shit. No, I'm just kidding. Here we go. <laughs> no, I just, I just Googled this. Let's I Googled, I Googled when was Zeta Reticuli discovered and mapped? Guess what it says. What? 1756. What? Oh, that's bullshit. What? Oh, that's what it says. I'm, Google it. I'm back. Nah. I'm back. I'm back on skepticism, baby. Air designation for the star system Zeta Reticuli originated in a 1756 star map by French astronomer Abbe Nicolas Louis de Lacale. Lacale, nope. whatever his name. We'll pull up the other source. I'll tell you what we can do. We can do a. We can do a, on the next episode. We'll have to. One of us got to apologize for being wrong on that or right all right if i if i win peter wears andre the giant singlet lance <laughs> if you lose peter wears andre the giant singlet <laughs> no but I, I saw two different sources uh one podcast and one not on that fact alone so i mean yeah so okay is it is it time to go into the wild speculation segment we got one not more yet. section I'm, I'm gonna give everybody else's conclusions first all right, I got my troops amassed along the border. Let me just get to the section. This is the official uh, hypnotist, Dr. Simons. And even uh, in the comment section, they're saying, well, even if, if so, where would she have seen that? But, you know, I mean, who knows? She was picking up all of those uh, those, those UFO books. books and shit. Yeah, that was, that was in the uh, subsequent events. She started yeah. really di- diving deep into the UFO phenomenon and stuff. Uh-huh, and she felt like... I mean, I don't want to dip into the final segment, but to me, it sounds like... Don't dip it. Don't dip. Okay, I'll I'll wait. I'll wait. Dr. Simon is convinced the first UFO encounter actually took place, as reported, and that a craft of some sort was witnessed by Mr. and Ms. Hill. The Boston psychiatrist prefers to accept an Earth-based aircraft of either conventional or classified type rather than an extraterrestrial spacecraft. He is undecided about the figures in the UFO, Barney said. He watched through the binoculars. The witness may have seen figures, but his description of them could have been influenced by previous anxieties that Dr. Simon believes were uncovered during the hypnosis. Even the possibility of hallucination was not entirely ruled out. Regarding the second encounter, which is the the, uh, abduction story where they were actually on the ship, 
He believes it only happened in Betty Hill's dreams and that Barney, upon hearing his wife tell, tell him about her dreams repeatedly, finally mm-hmm. made him feel like they must have been abducted too. Mm-hmm. A kidnapping by space beings, in the psychiatrist's opinion, has all the earmarks of a nightmare, its bizarre nature, inconsistencies, etc., cetera, uh, and a detailed dream can occur in a flash. Mm-hmm. And then it goes yeah. into a, a confidential uh, thing about Dr. Simon. So that's where Dr. Simon stands. Uh, Walter Webb's conclusions, who was the uh, investigator with NICAP, following my initial six-hour interrogation of the witnesses on October 21st, 1961, I was of the opinion the Hills were telling the truth and that the first encounter with the UFO occurred exactly as reported, except for minor uncertainties. Um, that's basically just like stuff that anybody would get wrong, you know, as, as far as like exa- exactly how far did you drive or exactly how high was the you know, stuff like that. Mm, yeah. Um, he was impressed by their intelligence, apparent honesty and obvious desire to get at the facts and underplay the more sensational aspects of the sighting. Neither witness had read any books on the UFO subject before the sighting. Uh, Mr. Hill had especially been a complete UFO skeptic before the experience. Uh, in the interim, my first report on the case in this revised account, I find that I have not changed my opinion in regard to the first encounter. In fact, everyone who has questioned the Hills, including three psychiatrists and even the Air Force officials, has ruled out a hoax and simultaneous hallucination. But it just said Dr. Simon didn't completely rule that out. So, Dr. Simon and I agree an unidentified craft was seen in the first encounter, although, admit, although he admits the objective reality of the Hills UFO, he prefers a mundane explanation for the object. As for the second encounter, I must admit the doctor, the doctor's hypothesis is a plausible one that could account for the alleged abduction, but I am far from convinced, especially in the light of similar kidnapped accounts reported elsewhere. The dream theory has not eliminated all doubt from my mind as I had hoped it would. Unlike most UFO contact claims, the Hill case is particularly hard to explain because the first encounter appears to be true. And if the first encounter took place, then I feel we cannot positively rule out the possibility, however remote, that the second encounter did in fact occur. Um, so he's, he's like Dr. Simon. He thinks the first took place. It uh, doesn't sound like he's too on board with the second one, though. And then let me uh, read the official Air Force's response, and then we can get into the wild speculation that Peter's just waiting to go off on. I'm itching. I thought it was the meth. <laughs> Let me check my genitals. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Checking for warts. All right. So the Air Force uh, replied uh, October 1st, 1963. This is a response to your letter, August 27th, 1963, in which you requested further information concerning unusual aerial phenomena. The Barney Hill sighting was investigated by officials from Peace Air Force Base. This case is carried as insufficient data in the Air Force files. No direction was reported, and there are inconsistencies in the report. The sighting occurred about midnight, and the object was was observed for at least one hour. No specific details on maneuverability were given. The planet Jupiter was in the southwest, about 20 degrees elevation, and would have set at the approximate time that the object disappeared. Without positional data, the case cannot be evaluated as Jupiter. Uh, There was a strong inversion in the area. The actual light source is not known. As no lateral or vertical movement was noted, the object was in all probability the planet Jupiter. 
No evidence was presented to indicate that the object was due to other than natural causes. The Air Force did not investigate the sightings in Hollywood, California, blah, 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 blah. I guess he asked about those. So the Air Force is saying they just saw the plane at Jupiter. Interesting. I don't know how you well, get that mixed up, but. That's, right. uh, yeah, I didn't know Jupiter came down and, like, you know, mess with people, whatever. There is a way to mix it up, and I'll kick it off here with the wild speculation segment. This couple went on a delayed honeymoon to, like, Niagara Falls, and didn't they go up, like, to Montreal or something? Mm-hmm. And they were coming back down, and this was back in the 60s? That's that's when this was? And uh, so they're driving back through all this countryside. They did psychedelics. That's what they did. Hey, that's yeah. what they did. Yeah, shit. And then they had a crazy... For the first time, or you think they just... It, it might have been it might have been just a bad trip. And who knows what happened during all that. And maybe it caused a, you know, uh, a series of of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, it created like it was a very scary trip for them. So yeah. it, it created this psychological phenomenon where they uh, she started having dreams after, you know, they were so traumatized by the experience. And then they got onto the the uh, uh, the train of like uh, they were they were chasing a fantasy after that and just adding to it, adding to it. She was looking at those books and she saw Zeta Reticuli in there and she was like, "Ooh, I could put that down and then it'll be a crazy coincidence and the story will blow up. I, I think I think they're liars. That's um, it's very interesting because I'm I'm at one percent. I don't I don't really believe this story at all. Um, Interesting. And the fact that they were very far left on the political spectrum, I can see them taking psychedelics or drugs. They were probably hippies for the most part, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's um, I'm on that I'm on that boat. And that light that they saw at a at a uh, it was like a. Uh, a stop on the highway. It was, it was the probably the. It was probably the, <laughs> the fucking cops. They, <laughs> they were an interracial we, couple, and they're coming in. And they're like, uh, they, 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 they probably, uh, they probably thought he had a weapon, you know, because it was back then and he was black. They probably thought he had a weapon, and then they, they had to do a cavity search. He they, did. Uh, oh, he did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, your stereotypes here. Come on, man. <laughs> Big whoops there, but then they had to cavity searching for drugs. That was the probe. He had drugs up his cavity. No, that was good. <laughs> one hour, twenty-one minutes. Uh, did you not hear him talk about what it felt like lump charcoal up his butt? <laughs> no, he, um, he was tripping, and they had to do a cavity search. And now we, we should do like a remake blown of the movie. We should do like a remake of the movie where they pull up to like a police stop and they get out and they're just tripping and they're seeing lights and they're like, don't go in the woods. He's like, I got to get my gun. And it's just like all this. just <laughs> dude, That would be hilarious. That'd be a great movie. Completely a, 180 from this. That would be a good premise to a movie. Yeah. <laughs> they were tripping balls. I wanted to answer somebody in the chat just asked, were there uh, other alien abduction stories that were popular at the time that would have inspired them to do this? Uh, In Walter Webb's report, he does go through a a list of other. I want to mention mine real quick because it goes on that. 
So Project Blue Book. Project Blue Book was a thing. Uh, Department of Defense program investigating UFOs from 1947 through 1969. Project Blue Book, which we'd have to do an episode on, reviewed 12,618 sightings, 701 cases remained unidentified. The Hills case was filed under insufficient data. Um, This was a phenomenon, uh, especially after this case. There were a lot of sightings. This was the first, like, recorded, you know. But there was a whole division based on these sightings. And we're going to talk about in a different episode, too, like what we were were saying about the uh, the radio waves that were coming through from uh, 1895, 99 to, like, 19... 30s um there was there was a spike in this sort of um transmissions and you know and uh there's just a lot of stuff that happened during that time with this kind of stuff and then you have the government looking into it project blue book you know there's there's always some truth in every story Mm -hmm. so i'm like 40 percent sure most of this happened um a lot of people say that you know there were this was like a rape incident where it was a biracial couple going through the backwoods and they got stopped and you know and they're blocking it from their memory it was horrible horrible incident uh i don't really i, mean, I don't know anything about that i don't buy it but you know i mean i don't know but I, I i think there is some truth in this and the fact that there are you know classified department of defense programs putting out you know, Project Blue Book on this. I, there's a lot of sightings that just randomly would come up. Um, I, I don't think it's just a one-off thing. Maybe they thought it could bring them some sort of uh, media attention, which it did. Yeah, it sure did. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe that's what they wanted. Uh, I mean, according I to according to some stuff I watched, they, everyone said that they were very private people. They don't, you know, they were already, you know already an interracial couple so they don't want to bring any more attention to themselves and it's like but they uh, were also like heavily involved in the civil rights movement exactly so they were like known people he had a lot of health issues with this though it wasn't like he was enjoying it he had like uh stomach ulcers he had genital warts he had all this shit going on and he died at an early age what if he got genital warts and then was like it was from the probing what what if he cheated on Betty, uh huh. And all this was the fucking cover of that. Yeah, he he, he like Betty pulled was over calling and... her sister that he didn't know about with the whole UFO thing. <laughs> and he's like, "Wait, what? Yeah, my sister's seen UFOs. She said I should do this." He's like, "Damn it, I put those things back there on the car." <laughs> like, gosh, damn it, where's this going? Oh, that's another detail that I wanted to address. I need proof, ladies and gentlemen. I need it. Show me the hood of the Chevy Bel Air, or the trunk, or whatever. Show me the rings. There's a picture want, of it. You want there pictures is? of Barney's junk, don't you? Yeah. Show <laughs> me those warts. Show me the proof. <laughs> show me that hole. Picks or it didn't happen. That's there what is I a say. picture of it. I, well, I don't. I don't know. Maybe it was like a AI picture now. And it makes it. it makes sense that they happened to have binoculars. They were going to Niagara Falls and sightseeing and shit. So That's that true. makes sense. That makes right. sense. Um, what was another the the part where uh, like uh, it's known that her sister had a uh, a sighting or an encounter? I think that's a little sus. Yeah. Um, and there, what was the other part that I thought was a little weird? 
Um, I don't know. I feel like if, if they all a little in more... the same area, what you know, maybe they are all in the same area, and that and that's where the aliens were at the time, and, and maybe that's why she saw that. I mean, you know, well, they, I guess they were a little further away because they were traveling. I need to dig in more to like uh, these people's background with civil rights and how known how known they were publicly, because you know that could be part of the story uh, somehow. But I'm not buying it. Um, I, I the hypnosis stuff. I mean, if you're a skilled actor, you can make people believe anything. That's right. Maybe. Well, are they skilled actors? Maybe. 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 I mean, yeah. think about it. If uh, you know, I don't know if they were like doing like passion speeches or something, but if they were notable public figures, uh, they they had to be able to at least you know. And the guy said that they the the web guy he said that they were very smart and articulate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these were you know, uh, above average folks, uh, that were so- someone in the public eye. Maybe she was jealous of her sister. They came up with this elaborate thing just to, you know, it's uh, as simple as that. I think I think Peter's on the right the right train here. Um, I think they wanted some publicity. Yeah, they're still they're civil rights activists. There was probably some sort of hallucinogen, hallucinogenics involved. Mm-hmm. Whether you know what that be because I'm I'm at one percent. So. Well, what about the Zeta uh, reticuli thing? If it, I don't I don't care. It's I it's think, one one percent. I so think you know, <laughs> you're just set in stone, man. I don't believe I, it. Stone. I, I think she was uh, hearing stuff from people at the church and stuff like, "Oh, that really ha- that happened to you? You need to go to the government with this. You need to like do some research into what ha- really happened to you that night." So- sounds like something very serious happened. Peter, what if they saw something they weren't supposed to see, and they were giving those memories to obscure the truth? Maybe the maybe the memories were implanted. Uh, or maybe they were like the flashy thing from uh, Men in Black. Maybe maybe they were Men in Black. Uh, what? Oh, he's gonna write that one. Well, too. what if? Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, what what did they see that they weren't supposed to see? Um, uh, I mean, maybe. I, oh, oh, another thing that I wanted to talk about before before we uh, close it out. Uh, another interesting part of the story where I was like, hmm, interesting detail was where, didn't he say he couldn't move when he locked eyes through the binoculars? And and he, he couldn't move, and the thing was communicating to him telepathically. Right. What does that remind us of, of current stories that happened this year, particularly in Vegas? Remember the, uh, that family said that a UFO and these, these dudes came out of the UFO in their backyard? I remember, remember that, that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, everybody was like, why didn't they take pictures of it? Why didn't they take pictures? And the guy said, like, when they went out and made eye contact with them, they couldn't move. They were frozen. So nobody could get out their phone. Interesting detail there. Yeah, I was was thinking about that while while we were going through that part. And I was like, I got to say that at the end. Because it's topical fairly. So I'm at 1%. Lance is at about 40%. What did you say your percentage was? Uh, I'm going to go 25%. 25? 25%. We just didn't present it right. That's all that was. Well, it's just I, I'm just looking at all I presented. I'm at 1%. I read Walter's report. I read, like, watched a, a Discovery Plus documentary on it, and I just... Once you found out they vote not... Democrat, you're like, oh, fuck. Exactly. 
That's all oh I had to hear. But yeah, I think I think they were <laughs> I think they were chasing a little chasing clout. clout. Yeah. yeah. And you know you look, <laughs> you, look at their, you look at their pictures on like Google and stuff, you get that vibe that you know they're like yeah, just trying to like uh global warming types. Yeah. You know. But you know, this story had a little bit of everything. It had a, it had aliens, it had UFOs, it had it had danger, it had interracial probing, all the things that Little I like. Warts. It had uh... <laughs> it had all you know. It was entertaining. They did a good job cooking up a story, but well, the, the acting evidence... was really good during the hypnosis with the uh, you know the big dude crying and can't the woman they like getting along with the aliens because she's down for whatever and. Uh... Uh, it was really thought out. 61, this is the first attempt for a, a UFO sighting reported. Uh, they really, you know, they really hit it good. Well, yeah, but yeah. You, wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know what else to expect either because you can create it from scratch. Well, it's been, you know, many years after. And there's a lot of things <laughs> that, that, uh, that kind of match up still. Or is everything yeah. just, or is everything fake and just going off of what they said to start it? Or is Earth flat and we're in a dome? And there's no universe for aliens to even get through. There's hollow there Earth. And that's where they come up from the from from hollow Earth. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I believe it's a donut. No, I'm just kidding. Well, maybe. Start um, your starting your own little uh, starting your own little thing here. D- the donut. No, I'm just Earth. hungry. <laughs> I think it's like a little, like a macaroni. You know, kind of. You know, the Earth. You know, hollow, circular, kind of dome like. Like a macaroni, yeah. easy yeah. mac, if you will. Or, may- or maybe it's like Halo. You know Halo. Remember the game? Yeah. Kind of like a ins- Fortnite world. If you think inside. about it, you know, flat yeah. in space. But Bus also, comes over. But also circular. Hmm. Well, this is going nowhere. <laughs> I will edit that out. Uh, <laughs> now we're gonna go ahead and end this. Kind of like Temple uh, this, of Doom. This might be the. <laughs> One episode where all of us are extremely low on our probability percentages. Pretty low on the probability. I know this is mine. I'm off on it. I'm one percent. This is the lowest I think I've ever been on any one of our episodes. So you really just like they are just. I don't. I don't believe it. Wow. Right. I don't believe. And it's not because of their political leanings or the fact that they were interracial couple. I mean, according to my browser history, I'm I'm cool with them. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, it you know it's it's just not the the evidence doesn't bring him on the show. Haven't they both passed by now? Like, she oh was yeah, like, Bar- yeah, Barney died in 1969, and uh, Betty died. Terrible in, year to go out. That's damn, like he went quick after world. that. Uh, Betty died in the either like late 90s or early 2000s. I think. I think it was 2002, and she was like 85 or something. Yeah. She was old. Doesn't yeah. she have like a daughter that's running this? now is it a daughter or, or a cousin or somebody i think it's a daughter that's like uh, really pushing this now no idea but bring let's bring her on the show we should let's do Reach that out to her. yeah well that's going to wrap up the barney and betty hill alien abduction episode let us know what y'all think uh shoot us an email room 2008 ent at com. i'll have a poll going in the spotify if you're going to be watching on spotify uh, whether you think the story is true I'll break it down like I usually do to most. Most of it's true, all of it's true, some of it or none of it. Uh, that way, 
because uh, I know everyone probably believes it to a varying degree like we do. So, uh, But join us next time. Make sure you go to room2008.com. That's where you're going to find what our next episode is, when we're going to be going on live, and who we're going to have if it's a guest, anything like that. Uh, so join us next time. It's going to be a good episode. And on that note, Room 2008 is out. <laughs>